thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. We want to look at not just a greater reward in this life, but a greater reward in the next. And we want to look at this question, what happens one minute after you die? Do any of you remember holidays? Like when you used to go into a travel agent or something or do it online and you could book to go away overseas. And if you were going away, and I had this thought this morning actually as I was walking over town, did a little filming outside um, one of the travel agents. And I thought, you know, when we, when we think about going away to a new destination, we study about it, don't we? So like we know exactly where we're going. We've Googled it. We've TripAdvisor'd it. We've Facebook recommended it. We've asked all our friends. We know everything about that destination and we're only going to spend two weeks there. How many of us think about where we're going to spend eternity? I mean, that's longer than a two-week destination, isn't it? And yet we don't think about it because to think about eternity means we have to think about death and we don't want to think about death. I understand that. And we don't want to think about it because firstly, it's awkward I mean, it's just awkward, isn't it? I mean, I remember um, when I was a teenager in a youth group in church, you know, we would talk about lots of things, but there's lots of things we didn't talk about. And, and the three things that most of us teenagers wanted to talk about was number one, sex, number two, heaven, and number three, will there be sex in heaven? And that was kind of it, really. Um, but, you know, we don't talk about death because, firstly, it's awkward. I remember, again, in church, I remember as a teenager hearing uh, the guy at the front of church doing the notices, you know, like you get in church. And he said um, uh, this, this old lady had passed away and started talking about it. And I, I thought, she's on the front row. He got the wrong name. That's awkward. And when someone dies, we don't know what to say. So we say nothing because the whole thing about death is just awkward. But it's also not only awkward, it's unfamiliar. You know, 100 years ago, around World War I, apparently the average 16-year-old had already seen six dead people by the age of 16. Now it's not uncommon for you to be 50 and never having seen a dead person. We are unfamiliar with it. But also it's upsetting. And I get that. Woody Allen, the comedian, said, it's not that I'm afraid to die. I just don't want to be there when it happens. And, and so the whole thing, when we come to think about eternity and what happens one minute after you die, we don't talk about it, we push it back. We are the generation that is the most scared to talk about the reality of death. It, and I think in, the West, in our Western culture, those of us that are in that culture, even more so. And so we deny it and we pretend and we colour and we do surgery and we, and we do everything to face away from the inevitable fact that we're getting older and that one day you and I will die. And what happens one minute after we die. But here's why it's so important, guys. What you believe about eternity determines how you live today. And we want to talk about greater reward. And we've been looking at that the last couple of weeks. So is willpower enough to bring change? And we talked last week about, you know, how do we win at life and, and the rewards of that as well. But this is maybe the most important message that I can ever give because what you believe about eternity will determine how you live today. Now today, we are going to look, look at a lot of Bible, all right? So if you've got your Bible, you might want to switch it on or open it up if you're real old school. Or if you're at home and watching, don't worry, it's all going to come up on the screen, okay? Because we're going to move around quite a bit today. So we're going to start in 2 Corinthians and it's chapter 5 and there's various verses that we're going to pick on. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote maybe most about death of any of the New Testament writers, he says this, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in, 
all right, and that's not talking about, he's referring to his body, is taken down. That is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. Now let me pause there. One of the words that Paul uses the most, not here, but in other parts of the Bible, to describe death is the word departure. He says in 2 Timothy 4, it's the last uh, bit that he wrote before he died. He's in a Roman prison. He says, the time is coming for my departure. That word departure in the original language has three meanings. One of them is it's like a ship that's lifted up the anchor, put up the sails and off it goes to a new destination. The other meaning of the word departure is it's like being, being imprisoned in a, in a cell, in a prison cell and someone opening the key and now you're set free. The other word for departure is, this, is, is the, the idea here. Is it's like that this life is like you're living in a tent, but when you die, you move to a mansion. And that's what Paul had in his mind all the way through his life. It says this, we grow weary in our present bodies. Anyone understand that as well? We grow weary and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies while we live in these earthly bodies. We groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. So we are always confident. That's powerful, isn't it? We're always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we're not at home with the Lord. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will be be at home with the Lord. In some translations that some of you, maybe if you're older, in your mind you'll hear this, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's, That's this verse here. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, this is so important. Our goal is to please Him. So in other words, Paul is saying, so whether we live or whether we die, our goal is to please Him. And and guys, if you're watching today or maybe you're in the room and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, this is so important. We only get one life. And in eternity, that's like forever, but this is not eternity, however long we live. And Paul says, whether we're in the body, in other words, whether we're alive or whether we're not, and whether we're in eternity, our goal is to please Him. For we must all, listen, stand before Christ to be judged. We don't want to talk about that these days, but I am going to talk about that this morning. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. There's lots we don't know about what happens one minute after we die. And in fact, tomorrow night at eight o'clock in the online community that we have, many of you are part of that. You can be part of that as well. It's a group on Facebook. I'm going to be doing a Facebook Live and answering any questions that you've got and exploring this a little bit more and a little bit deeper tomorrow night. So I can't answer every question today. But what I will do is I'll give you three things that I think we absolutely know for certain. Number one, our physical bodies die. The research is in. We are listening to the science. Ever heard that over the last 12 or 15 months? We're listening to the science. It's proven. The ultimate statistic, one out of every one of us dies. And the thing with that is that I think for most of us, when we think about it, we think about, we don't want to think about it and we don't want to think about how we die. And I've been thinking about this myself. And I remember um, in 1975, okay, I was nine years old and a film came out and I didn't watch it there, but I watched it a couple of years later. So I was really young. And this film so impacted me, okay, at the time. And and partly it was the music, okay. And I don't know whether you you know what film I'm talking about. The music went like this. I'm scared even just thinking about it now. Like, 
Anyone know what the film was? Jaws. Now you look at it now. Why was I scared? It's a big rubber fish, isn't it? Like in a, in, in a bathtub. But at the time, I was like so, I saw it at the cinema. And I remember, and I still now, there's moments when I'm in the sea, okay, and I'm thinking, do, do I lie on this lilo or not? Do you know what I mean? Or is that a fin I see before me, you know? And, and, and it's the, the idea of shark attack. What, that must be the worst way to die. And yet statistically, um, shark attack, you are more likely to die from champagne corks than shark, shark attacks. You are more likely to die from a coconut falling on your head, from falling off the toilet, or from sticking your head inside a vending machine trying to get that last bag of Doritos. That's the statistics about shark attack. And so we think about this, but the reality is our physical bodies die. That's fact. But number two, our souls separate from our physical bodies. This is why Jesus uh, at the grave of Lazarus said to Lazarus's uh, sisters, Martha and Mary, hey, even when you die, you live. It's like, that's a riddle. No, because you see, your soul separates from your body and your body dies, but your soul goes on in eternity somewhere. Somewhere. And it's really interesting because Jesus, when he's on the cross, there's those two thieves next to him and the one uh, scorns him and ridicules him and mocks him and the other turns to him and opens his heart and his life to him. And Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. You see, your body's going to die, but you're going to live on forever. Your soul is the essence of who you really are. And that lives, you live forever. And number three, number three, this is so important. We come face to face with God. We come face to face with God. And I think for most of us over this past year or so through the coronavirus pandemic and all of that, we've been made really aware of our own mortality, haven't we? And our own humanity. And, and, and every, you may remember early on in lockdown, like every week, the graphs and the statistics and the charts. And, and the question was, how many died? You know, how many infections? How many hospitalizations? How many died? And we know that. And we look at that across the planet. And, and we're face to face with the reality of our death. But the thing I want you to know is this the moment, the minute you die, if you know Jesus, you come face to face with God. And that's amazing. And that brings up the question, what will heaven really be like? When you start thinking about heaven, there's all kinds of images and thoughts in your mind. But you know, there's a verse that the Apostle Paul talks about in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And this is so important. He says, that is what the Scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. And, and I think that word imagine, I want you to dwell with that word imagine right now, okay? You see, I don't think that heaven is this place where we're in clouds and, and there's harps and all of that, you know? And, and again, not, I don't want to get too much into the theology of it all. Is it heaven on earth? Is it, is it, and all of that. I want to tell you, I want, you to, I want to draw out from you what you imagine it to be like and what you imagine the experience of coming face to face with Jesus will actually be like. You know, heaven is beyond our imagination. And every one of these statements I'm going to say right now, I could show you the Bible and talk for like a week on each one of them, all right? So they're literally, I'm rattling them off to you. Heaven will not be boring, all right? Those are the things, it's going to be boring. It's going to be like one eternal worship service going on and on with the same song forever and ever. It's not going to be like that. It won't be boring. It will be a place of unimaginable beauty. It will be a place where we know each other, where we love and are loved. It will be a place where we receive perfect heavenly bodies. Wouldn't that be amazing? 
but it will be beyond your imagination. It'll be beyond your imagination as much as you imagine it to be. It is beyond that. It is better than that. That's why it's so important that we know that that is our destination. Just as when we go on holiday, we know everything about that two weeks. We're going to spend eternity somewhere, guys. The real you is going to spend eternity somewhere. And it's so important that we know where that place is. Is And I want to give you just the three things that I think are absolutely certain that will happen, that we will come face to face with the minute after we die. Number one, reward. Reward. We're talking about greater reward. But, you know, the Bible says that there are two judgment seats, okay? And there's a lot of controversy around this and different views. But, but most theologians and scholars believe that there are two judgment seats. The first one is in Revelation 11, and it's called the Great White Throne. And if you like, that's the one where the kind of judgment is whether you're a follower of God or not, whether you love Jesus or not. Now, let me just say something about that, because I've done many, many, many funerals. And some of the people that I've done the funeral for, I know that they, they love Jesus. Others, I don't know that. Now, as I do the funeral, I don't presume to know whether that person is going to heaven or not. Because actually, that's between them and God. What I do know is actually God is a God of love and free will and choice. And if, and if you willingly do not want to walk with God in, on earth, and He's not going to make you unwillingly want to walk with him and be with him in eternity. That's what I believe. But, that, but the, that dying thief on the cross is great hope, isn't it? That even in that last minute, that last moment, he turns towards God and Jesus says, turns towards Jesus and Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. There's the great white throne. But there's also, there's also another judgment called the beam at seat of Christ. And that's the one that Paul is referring to in this passage of scripture that we read. And this is taken again from the Olympic Games. We were talking about the Isthmian Games last week. It's taken from this idea where, where you come at the end of your race and you give, you're given rewards, not for the fact that whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, so not for salvation, but for how you've lived your life while you were on earth. So that's all about the kind of things that you did for other people, the words that you spoke, the people that you cared for, those that you led to Jesus and helped find Jesus, you know, those who were mistreated that you helped to not be mistreated and do something. All of that kind of stuff is all where, where God says right the way through Scripture, there will be your reward. And wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing if we lived our life in such a way that at that moment when we did die and we came face to face with the beamer seat of Christ, that actually we heard, like Paul says um, in, in another, in another uh, book that he writes, wouldn't it be amazing if we heard something like this, well done, good and faithful servant, here's your reward. Wouldn't that be amazing? What a greater reward. Uh, and that's the one thing that you're going to come face to face with. You're going to come face to face with reward. Secondly, you're going to come face to face with restoration. And I know Alison and I talk about this because we're gonna be, I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable with you uh, today in a little moment. And, and even as I'm beginning to get into it, it's like this is such an important thing in our lives and, and maybe in some of your lives. And I know some of you in the room and, and online, you've lost people in this last season. You've been through incredible pain. I, I know as many marriages uh, uh, have broken up or under pressure. I know some of you have buried children, moms, dads, Friends, over this last year, this is really tough, but there's restoration in heaven. And it might not help you now, 
But it's something to imagine. It's something to hold on to. It's something to look to. It's something to hope for. And again, the Apostle Paul, or not the Apostle Paul, actually John puts it this way in Revelation, and I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. And j- j- just let me pause on, on the words. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and eliminate death entirely. No one will mourn or weep any longer. The pain of wounds will no longer exist for the old order has ceased. And it's like John who's exiled on the island of Patmos and he's an old guy when he's writing this, maybe looking back at his life and, and all of the other disciples that he, he lived with and, 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 and served Jesus with, they nearly all died for their faith. And he's an old man on the island of Patmos and he's looking back and maybe he's thinking about you know, all of his friends that he's seen or heard of that, that, that had died. And, and um, you know, he, he's saying, there's gonna come a moment There's going to come a moment when I see Jesus face to face, one minute after I die, and all of that will be wiped away. Isn't that great? And all those tears will be gone, and all that mourning will be gone. You see, guys, in heaven, wrongs will be righted. Injustices will be corrected. And can I say that while we look at injustice, whether it's racial injustice or, or, or any other kind of injustice, while we look at that on earth, we know that in heaven that will all be corrected and righted. But that doesn't stop us wanting to do something about it right now, does it? But you know, in heaven, all of that will be sorted. Tears will be wiped away. Hurts will be healed. Wounds will be transformed. Regrets will be taken away. Sorrows, sorrows will be removed. A guy called Thomas More said this, earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. Um, Yesterday was our youngest son's birthday, Simeon, who's 27. In fact, actually, his birthday is tomorrow, which is the 21st. But we always celebrate his birthday on the Saturday that's closest to his birthday. And the reason we do that, as many of you know, is that our son, youngest son, Simeon, we've got two sons we're very proud of, love them both, Josh and Simeon. Simeon, our youngest son, has got very complex special needs, learning disability, one of the most complicated um, young men in terms of his situation in the area. He's in residential care. He's been in there for... 12 years or so. And um, we love Simeon to bits, but every time there's a birthday, we like kind of celebrate it and then we come away and there's a sadness. There's like, a, like a, an undertrack that runs through our life. And we've never had a real conversation with Simeon like you would imagine. We don't know what he's thinking. We don't know what he's feeling. He's not able to express that kind of um, human interaction. And it's heaven. It's heaven for us. That is that we're holding on and maybe it will happen this side of heaven and that would be amazing. But if it doesn't, we know that it will in heaven. Because there's no sorrow that earth has that heaven cannot remove. So whether you've been abused, whether you've been mistreated, whether you've been abandoned, whether you've lost somebody close to you, whether you are carrying hurt or pain or sorrow, there is no sorrow earth has that heaven cannot remove. And so I want you to know that that's why it's so important that we think about eternity because it helps us in the here and now. Those of you who have lost children, those of you who have lost parents, those of you who have lost friends, those of you who have lost jobs, those of you who have lost relationships, there's no sorrow that earth has that heaven 
cannot remove. And there's going to be restoration in heaven. Imagine that. But you know, as well as rewards and as well as restoration, you know, ultimately, heaven is going to be about relationship. And one minute after you die, you're going to come face to face with Jesus. And if you know Jesus, and if you decided to follow him, and if you've given your life to him, whether, whether you've been following him for years like I have, for like 40 years ago I gave my life to Jesus, or whether it's the last minute of your breath and nobody else knows about it other than you and God, you are going to come face to face with relationship. And you're going to know other people, and I think there is relationship in heaven, that's clear from Scripture. But ultimately, ultimately, and here's the thing, that often many people say, oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have so many questions for God. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to have so many questions for God, like, like about the football, do you know what I mean? Or about whatever it is, you ain't going to, honestly. You know, or maybe you, you, maybe you want to find Peter out and say, Peter, what was it like to like walk on water? You know, what was all that about? Or, or maybe Moses, Moses, I mean, why did you hit the rock? Do you know what I mean? What was that about? Samson, you've got to have your hair cut, mate. What's going on there? And you're going you know, to think to yourself, I'm going to have all these questions. I don't think we will. Because I think we'll just be transfixed by the beauty and the presence of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. That's what heaven will be all about. And if you could have all the benefits of heaven without Jesus, would you want it? A guy called John Piper said this, if you could have heaven with no sickness and with all the friends you've ever had on earth and all the food you ever liked and all the leisure activities you ever enjoyed and all the natural beauties you ever saw, all the physical pleasures you ever tasted and no human conflict or any natural disasters, could you be satisfied with heaven if Jesus was not there? Isn't that challenging? You see, you see we live in our Western world with such a crazy idea, don't we? That, that if we have enough stuff and, and, and if we have enough products to make us look younger and if we do all that and if we just have enough people and if we have enough fun and if we have enough holidays and if our house is big enough, it'll all be okay. And it's all meaningless because eternity, none of that's there. The only thing that's there, if you're there, is Jesus and that's enough. Isn't that amazing? And what would it look like if I, Leon, lived my life with that in view? And the things that I get het up about and the things that I get angsty about and anxious about, what would that look like if I just focus on the fact that, do you know what? None of that matters a rip when you're with Jesus for eternity. And I think that is absolutely unbelievable. So, so what do we do in the light of all this? If what you believe about eternity determines how you live today, what's the application? Let me give you two. Number one, you've got to live with clarity. Live your life with clarity. And uh, to help us to live our life with clarity, uh, I want to just show you this rope. And I want you to imagine this rope. This is not an illustration new to me. I've nicked this from other people. But I want you to imagine that this here, this white, if you can see that there, that represents the history of mankind from wherever it started to wherever it finishes, okay? That's it. So that's like thousands, thousands, thousands of years. Who knows? But before that, you can't even see the end of this is eternity. It's eternity before. And beyond that, and you can't see where the end of that goes, is eternity to come. And so our existence, guys, lies in this space, okay? So, and, and like science is fine and we love science, okay? So don't get heads up on that one. It starts here, okay? For us, 
Adam and Eve, all right, of the start of creation. It starts here. And then as you go through this bit, you get maybe to, to Moses and to Exodus and the Ten Commandments. And then you go through the Old Testament and you get to, you get to Alexander the Great pitches up and the Roman Empire comes. Oh, it's hundreds of years and then it's gone like that. And you can't even see it on here. But then there's the cross there and there's the early church there. And then, the, and then you come in, there's the Reformation, there's the Industrial Revolution and there's the, there's the bubonic plagues because COVID-19 isn't the only pandemic that's been on the planet. And then you get to the First World War and you get to the Second World War. And you get to 1966 and something amazing happened in 1966. I was born and England won the World Cup, or I get that. And then you come up to, do you see what I mean? And then however, and then, and then you're, you, you and me are like, just come, come a bit closer. We're, yeah, you can't even see it. Because that's it. But eternity is forever. And so what you and I do is we focus on this and we forget that and that. See what I mean? Isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy that we get so hit up about this that we miss that. And, and I want to say to you guys, as we come out of this pandemic, and we will, and we are, let's live our lives with clarity. Let's give our lives for who and for what lasts for eternity. Let's not get so focused on the little bit and the here and now, and we forget that there's all that. And before us, there was all that. Isn't that amazing? And again, the Apostle Paul, he's so genius in how he, how he communicates this. He says this, and these are some of my favourite verses, 2 Corinthians 4, 17 to 18. For our light and momentary troubles, whatever we're going through in this bit here, they're light and momentary because they're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, like eternity. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Live your lives with clarity. And number two, live your lives with certainty. I'm gonna give you an opportunity in a moment, in the room or online, for you to know with certainty that the minute after you die, you not only get that reward, you not only get that restoration, but you get that relationship with Jesus and that you, the real you, your body is dead and buried. And you know what? They're, they're doing the, and they're having their sandwiches and they're thinking about you and they're having the volavance at the thing and they're saying, what a great bloke you were and all of that. You're not going to care because you are in heaven with Jesus and that's worth everything. And you can know that with certainty today. Billy Graham who died just a few years ago. Well, his body died. Of course, he's more alive now than he's ever been. But he said this, I am not going to heaven because I've preached to great crowds or read the Bible many times. I'm going to heaven, just like the thief on the cross who said in that last moment, Lord, remember me. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that as He died, God the Father turned away because all of the sin and all of the brokenness this on humanity, this me and you, was all placed on Jesus. And not only that, but Jesus then descended. And here's the thing, Jesus would rather go to hell for you than live in heaven without you. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And He took all of the pain and all of the sin and all of the brokenness and all of the shame and all of the tears and all of the abuse and all of the mistreatment and all of the sin onto Himself and He died, but then He rose again. 
and He rose again so that you and I could have a relationship with Him, not just here on earth, but in heaven for eternity. Guys, I'd love you just to close your eyes for a moment. Everybody in the room here and those of you watching online, and and don't close your eyes online if you're driving your car, okay? That's a dangerous thing to do because otherwise this sermon's gonna come closer to reality than you think. But right now, if you wanna say, Jesus, I want to know for certainty that I will be in heaven, that I am with you and you accept what Jesus has done on the cross and you say, Lord, like the thief on the cross, like Billy Graham said, Lord, remember me, then I wanna pray for you today. And so here in the room and online, I wanna invite you right now to respond to Him and say, that's me. The guys on the chat are gonna put a chat, a link for you. There's a link coming up on the chat here. Next steps, just go to the next steps thing, click that and it will give you a way that you can record it. Anybody in the room and that's you, you just place your hand up and I'm gonna pray for you right now. I'm looking around. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you that are out there online as well, if you wanna say yes to Jesus, then I wanna invite you to do that right now. Father, I wanna thank you that you sent Jesus to live and to die for us. And so now, Lord, we place our lives into your hands, not only for now, but for eternity. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Just a few weeks ago, I went to our creative guys, our tech guys, our musicians, the the Life Central Collective, and they're so awesome, aren't they? They're like so unbelievably amazing, these guys. And many of them, young guys, not all young guys, but many of them are, they're so incredible. And I said, guys, there's a song, and this is my favourite song. It's maybe the most recorded, listened to Christian song. So I get that, I said, I want us to do a version of this song, I think it would be amazing. And, and, and we thought about it and they thought about it and they said, we, we need a cello on it. And so we found a cellist and she lives hours away and, and, and the only day that she could do it was Friday. And so she, it took her five hours to get here, but she did it. And so the guys recorded it on Friday and then last night, and then one of them finished it at half past midnight last night. But this song is gonna bless you. This song is gonna bless you. This song is important for me and Alison. <sighs> Because whenever we think about this song, we think about Simeon and we think about other people that we've loved and lost and we think about what that's going to look like. But do you know what? Do you know what? The most important thing about heaven to imagine is not those that you've loved and lost. That's, that will come, okay? It's Jesus. It's Jesus face to face. And I want, I want them to, to, to play this song for you and this is going to minister to you whether you're in the room whether you're in Hagley right now, one of our other locations, whether you're online, whoever you are, whether you're watching it later. And as you listen to this song and as you watch this song, I want you to to imagine and picture that sorrow that you carry on earth, okay? That pain that you carry on earth. And I want you to imagine giving that sorrow to Jesus and knowing in that moment that there is no sorrow earth has that heaven cannot remove. Imagine that. Why don't you stand with me, guys? You know, I I don't know where you're at right now in your life. And those of you in the room, those of you that are watching online as well, whether you're watching it live or later, but I want to read Scripture over you, okay? So I'm asking you to stand. And as I read Scripture, I'm praying passionately that something will rise inside of you guys today. And as we emerge out of this lockdown, as we emerge out of this year, you know, into life, and remember, it's tiny, it's tiny like in the light of eternity. The bigger picture is God's with us. Amen. Hello, is there anyone here? 
God's with us and our future is secured. And as I read this Scripture out over you, may it bring hope to you if you need it. May it bring joy to you. May it bring confidence to you. Wherever you are, whatever sorrow you're carrying, know that earth has no sorrow, that heaven cannot heal. And the Bible says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and He will dwell with them. They will be His people and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then He said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children. So where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Come on, let's give a hand clap to Jesus this morning. Thank you, God.